Hi, Thomas. Hi, Stephanie. I kind of feel like I always say hi first. So far, I think you've always said hi first. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, how's it going? Uh, it's going fine. As always. As always. Uh, I feel a bit sleepy mm-hmm. today. I think I slept too much last night. Poor so it's the slight fog baby. of just wanting to close your eyes, even though you only got up three hours ago. <laughs> you know, we are on different coasts, and so we're separated by three hours. And I got up before you, even with <laughs> the three hours. I mean, I probably went to bed earlier than you. You did. Yeah, you did. I was working on a project uh, for you, and I was told at 8 p.m. Eastern time (laughs) that it was, (laughs) I was working too late. (laughs) Was it 8 p.m.? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember it being that early. So I think it had just crossed five o'clock. So, you know, for a Friday, five o'clock, I get it. Well, that is our dinner time currently. Mm. So, you know, once we get to dinner time, it's like dinner time, bath time, kid bed time, then clean up whatever mess (laughs) (laughs) is in our house, like a little bit. And then, then we chill. But not mm. for long, because I think I barely made it to nine o'clock last night before I fell asleep. But I fell asleep on the couch while we were watching some show. And then I woke up at one point and Chris was had found something else to watch. And I was like, oh, why are you watching this? And he's like you're sleeping. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, I can't argue with that. (laughs) And so then I just fell back asleep on the couch still instead of going upstairs. And so I think I finally came upstairs at like 1030. Anyways, though, you're sleepy. Yeah, which is a great, a great energy to bring to this special episode. (laughs) Which we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, Stephanie, how are you doing right now? I'm doing pretty good right now. I've had uh, uh, not the greatest week, just in my own, I guess mental way now that sounds like I'm mental but um yeah my mind has been not my best friend this week and so um it was kind of a downer week for me um and not like anything went wrong or was bad necessarily I just 
had lots of negative thoughts that brought me down. So I feel like I'm just crossing over into getting out of the funk. And um, yeah, I'm very excited about today and what we're doing. So what are we doing? All right, we're going in. Today is very special because I, Stephanie, am going to ask you, Thomas, some questions in hopes that, you know, maybe there's something that I don't know about you and now I'll know and I'll get to know you better. Will they be multiple choice questions? No. Well, Mm. hmm. some of them might. Most of them will not, though. Okay. I mean, are you the type of person that would pick a multiple choice answer? (laughs) I think it depends on the test. Of course it does. <laughs> I was maybe asking questions along the line of how do I ace this mm-hmm. test? Because now I've I've cast it in terms of being a test versus conversation. Ooh. But does as that we'll mean s- that you're a perfectionist? Uh, you know, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to find out. We'll see. We'll see how I react when you tell me whether I've gotten an A double plus or not. Ooh, um, ooh, okay. I I think originally I'm drawn to multiple choice questions. You've got a 25 percent chance of getting it right. The answer is before you. But as I progressed in my educational career, <laughs> I became a fan of the essay question. Oh no! <laughs> because you can just start writing and see what comes out and I think uh sometimes I feel better about that about all the knowledge that's inside not necessarily uh me psyching myself out about whether it's a or b or c or d all of the above which is the most frustrating one because it really changes the whole statistics of the multiple choice question (laughs) um what how did you do in school like what were your grades Mm. i was a solid b student Mm. i was not trying to get straight a's even though i just made a joke about trying to get straight a's wait you were purposely not trying to get straight a's is that what you said yeah why uh because it seemed like a lot of work oh so you wanted to kind of just pass by. I mean, do a little bit better than just. Yeah, do a little. I, I wasn't, let me put it this way. I was not tied to getting straight A's. I was not tied to the score achievement structure um, at the schools that I attended. So what were you into during your school years? Um, I played some sports. I enjoyed learning and doing schoolwork and things. Uh, I spent a lot of time with friends. Spent a lot of time 
playing on the computer, doing a lot of digital design on the computer. Man, you sound like a well-rounded <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think I really, when I was much younger, was very tied to getting good grades. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom telling me a story from her college experience where she was really stressing out about getting perfect grades and about what that meant. And as she tells it, this English professor, maybe it was a French professor, sat her down after class one day and pulled out two different transcripts. One of them was a straight-A student across the board. The professor covered up the names, let's mm-hmm. be clear. Straight-A student across the board. This stu- The other student had an A or two, a couple Bs, maybe a C here and there. And the professor asked, which one would you rather date? <laughs> My mom was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the person who had a little bit of, a little bit of everything. We're not solely focused on academic achievement. And she told me this story and it really drove home when I, my junior year of high school, some of the friends I were hanging out with were seniors and some of them were, one of them happened to be the valedictorian of the senior class. And she worked extremely hard to get straight A's and be the most perfect academic student. And I remember her in this moment after graduation where she just said, wow, why did I, what was all that work for? (laughs) Yep. So I think I I found a sense of balance in that of saying, Mm. you know, I don't need the, I don't need the straight A's. Um, I did accidentally get straight A's once. (laughs) in college and I didn't do it by setting out to get perfect grades. I set out to do all of the reading that was assigned to me. Hmm. And then then I got straight A's. Just happened. Just happened. Well, I think in college it might be easier to get straight A's without trying just because you get to choose what classes you want. Wow. And so you might enjoy them more. Taking down my achievement. Oh. That was the one. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wow. I wasn't saying that. Okay. I can see how you could take it that way. (laughs) That was not my intention. (laughs) Okay. Getting back to you, though. Do you think... That, okay, before you became this nice, balanced person, do you think that your birth order had any influence on this needing to achieve or be the best that you could be? I don't know. Hmm. I it definitely affected me in different ways than that. I think that's more 
almost more personality driven. It's more competing with what I think I can do. Hmm. So if I think I can do a thing and then I, I end up not being able to, then I'm very frustrated because I'm holding on and remembering to that original thought and estimation that I could do a thing. This is interesting. It sounds like you don't compare yourself to others. There's definitely some of that. There is also a lot of comparison to what I think I can do or the goals that I set out to do. Hmm. Okay. This has taken us on a path already that I was not going on. (laughs) But I knew that as we got answers, more would develop. All right. I'm going to go back to my list for a minute. Lighten things up. (laughs) What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? This was supposed to be a light, simple question, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, already I mean, too much thought into I'm it. not. I'm not set on one particular one. So if you need to say a few, go ahead. I think movies are like food. Sometimes you need a certain dish. Sometimes you need breakfast and sometimes you need lunch. Sometimes you need (laughs) dinner. Sometimes you need breakfast for dinner. Yes. Uh, I may be slightly hungry at the moment, which is why that's on my mind. So, wow. Favorite movie. I don't know. Is there a movie... That you could watch over and over and over again. Probably She's the Man. Okay. With Amanda Bynes tied with uh, Dirty Dancing. Oh my god. Probably go back and forth. Wow. Okay, I've not seen She's the Man. And now I'm thinking I have to go watch it. Because... My favorite movie is Dirty Dance. (laughs) (laughs) How did we not know this? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. It's like my mind is blown. Wow. Wow. I'm, like, (laughs) super excited. Um, okay. (laughs) Have you ever watched Dirty Dancing with the director's comments over the top? I have not. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'm like next level. (laughs) Okay. I got to stop because we could talk the next three hours about Dirty Dancing. Okay. 
we're, we're getting into it. All right. Hmm. What? What do you think is your best quality? Is quality something that you've grown in over time or is it something that's innate? I think it can be either. Hmm. I think the quality that I'm most proud of mm-hmm. is knowing what I don't know. It's Do taken mean- a Do you mean like being able to say, I don't know? I think so. Not just say it, but know it. Um, And I think that's something that has taken a long time to cultivate and feel comfortable to sit with as well. If you can say, hey, I don't know this thing and I want to and I want to pretend like I do, but I really don't know it. So let's let go of that and then see what happens. I think that probably influences me the most in the, in the, that is almost like the core of empathy. Almost. It's the first step to understanding um, others is saying, I don't know how they feel. So let me be open to listening and open to hearing and experiencing. Interesting. I was thinking of it in like a a much more like work setting Mm. of, um, you know, if someone you're working for is like, oh, here, go do this. (laughs) And a lot of times I think many people would be like, okay, I'm right on that. And not acknowledge that they don't know Mm. and they like try to fake their way through it. Mm. But then you just brought empathy into it and that's like a whole different perspective that I didn't even think about. I will be frank and say there are still times <laughs> that I just <laughs> pretend to, to know or roll with things. I think sometimes in a workplace situation, people don't want to spend time micromanaging mm-hmm. or they don't know everything and they just need you to go figure it out. So in some ways, me not knowing is will influence that situation and me taking extra time to figure something out before I turn it in or deliver it or yeah. put my stamp of completeness on it. But do you say, like, when you take on a task that you don't know, do you tell the person, oh, I don't know how to do this, but I'll figure it out? Or are you just like, all right, I got it? I think it depends on the task. Hmm. 
if I've done something close enough, mm-hmm. then I have figured out enough things that I can probably figure this thing out. I'm not a I'm not a doctor, so I'm not, I'm not doing, <laughs> there are, there are, there are fields where that works and there are fields where that really doesn't work. Uh, when you're, when you're doing creative design, it's, it's odd because there is, uh, you don't know what the answer is. You never know what the answer is. You've never drawn that thing before. You've never created that thing before. Hmm. You've never worked for this specific company before. And all of what you're doing is attuned to all of those things. So in a way I've approached the problem in the same way before, even if I haven't used the exact tools or the exact specifications or anything like that. Hmm. All right. Note to self, Thomas is not a doctor. (laughs) It's important to learn these things. (laughs) I wear scrubs all the time and have my little doctor's ID badge, so you never would have known <laughs> if you hadn't asked. Uh, we don't make assumptions around here, okay? No, no, no. <laughs> all right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Mm. This is a bit of an asking for more wishes answer. Mm. But I think telekinesis, I'd be, like to be able to move things because then oh. I can move myself as well. Oh, interesting. You'd move yourself as well. Does that mean you're trying to like, um, what do you call that? Like, would you think, oh, I want to be at the beach right now, and then you'd automatically appear at the beach? No. Although that would be nice, too. (laughs) Hmm. You made a strong case. I think that's teleportation. Mm, Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Telekinesis is just moving objects with your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. So why would you need to move yourself? To fly. Ah. You are sneaking in. Yeah. Other things. That is such a typical Thomas answer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would just be fun to be, hey, I want to see what the world is like from on top of that tree. Cool. Let me... Help myself climb this tree. I need to have a telekinetic cushion (laughs) at all times. All right. Well, you might lose some muscle with this telekinesis. Yikes. (laughs) Atrophy is real. (laughs) Yeah. If you start getting lazy, I mean, (laughs) you're like, wouldn't even walk anywhere, right? All right. I was thinking on the on the exercise tracker that we use. It would just be one step. The whole <laughs> <laughs> the whole trip would be one step. Yeah, that severely take away your steps. 
I don't know. You might want to rethink that hmm. superpower. Hmm. Hmm. All right. What's a big pet peeve that you have? Ooh. When people sit and hold their coffee very close, their hot beverage very close, and then <laughs> are just holding it, and then <sighs> do that. It really bothers me. Like actually slurping it. Yeah. yeah. Holding on to this thing as if it is the only thing keeping them warm. <laughs> I think that's where I think that's where, that's where it's like, hey, that's only gonna keep you warm for a short amount of time. Uh, put a coat on, <laughs> get some gloves. <laughs> that's really funny. I've never heard someone with this pet peeve before. Here's here's what I think is a big part of it. I don't enjoy drinking coffee, and I don't mm-hmm. enjoy drinking tea. Yeah. And very rarely Hocho. Yep. Most Hochos, not up to not up to my standards. The powdery ones. I don't, I don't want powdery. I want warm drinking chocolate. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> uh, so I have no... To me, it, it seems there is no shared ritual. I don't see that and understand the feeling of having a nice warm beverage. So I think that's possibly why it's a bit of a pet peeve. Have you ever tried to be in the person's shoes who's really (laughs) enjoying that beverage? I haven't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, to say it i mean you're just talking about empathy (laughs) uh i i don't are are pet peeves logical do they need to be logical Mm. are they just kind of frustrating i guess they're just annoyances here's okay i think here's part of where it comes from i think my sister would do that when she was younger especially to annoy me and i'm remembering one She would leave. We would drive to high school together. I would drive. Uh, she would get her coffee. Yeah. And she would leave the coffee mug in the car mm-hmm. all the time. So I'm just, I already don't like coffee. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like how it smells. I don't like the slurping. And then coffee starts getting left in my car. Yeah. Again and again and again. My car, parents' car. But the car I'm driving, the car I'm responsible for. I get annoyed and complain. Mm -hmm. And so this one day she leaves the coffee cup in the car, but buckles it it into the seat. So it's, she's being funny about it. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh. Ha ha ha. Great. You're dealing with this coffee in a way that technically is being dealt with, but not, (laughs) not the way that I wanted it to be dealt with. After school, 
she is staying for some sports thing and I'm driving to my sports thing, which is rock climbing. Mm-hmm. The road to rock climbing is what I would call a fun road. It's very curvy. <laughs> it has a bunch of hills on it. And when you're in high school and you want to drive maybe a little bit faster than you should, this is a great road to do it. You can't really get up to speed. It's, it's a technical road as far as driving. So what do I do? I'm driving this road again, slightly faster than I should have. And then I see people as I crest a hill stopped as someone's turning. Okay. I apply the brakes a little bit quicker (laughs) than I normally do. And what happens? I see the spout of coffee emerging (laughs) because the cup has been set perfectly up and the, the way gravity is hitting it, it just is spouting out of the passenger seat all over the dashboard and the floor. And, uh, I was fine. Stopped with well within, um, you know, the amount of, of, uh, space needed yeah. to be a safe driver and the entire side of my car was covered in coffee. See, the thing, though, is you were laughing almost uncontrollably at this story and yet you <laughs> hate coffee. <laughs> it's just so... It's just so funny. It is a... It is a film-esque moment. I could <laughs> yeah. not have planned it better to have cascaded in the way it did. Yeah. Um, from the whole setup of me being annoyed about the coffee to it that being why it was placed in this weird spot to then it being on the day that I was driving to rock climbing and hit this thing just fast enough right as somebody's breaking. All of that came together and... Uh, it's just really funny. <laughs> it's funny to me that you find this so funny and yet you're so annoyed by coffee. <laughs> I think I think pet peeves should be a little bit irrational. Mm, mm. It's it makes it truly makes no difference and yet my body tenses up when somebody does the the warm coffee slurp thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in my head now trying to figure out if my pet peeves are irrational or not. I'll have to think about it more later. Because this isn't about me. It's not about me. Okay. I love your stories, so we need to have another. What is your most embarrassing moment? Most embarrassing moment? That one I really don't know. Don't try to keep those. I don't try to keep those in mind. But give me a minute. Okay. Hmm. Funny, embarrassing, or truly remorseful? What's the... I... Well, I mean, I guess it is up to you, but, I mean, I always like funny, embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah. 
embarrassing stories. I feel like I have a pretty good constant baseline of embarrassment, <laughs> which is why I'm not thinking of a major story that then breaks that because I've just settled with something I'm doing being embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can just pick, you know, your favorite baseline story. <laughs> Okay, this is one that I still remember doing. My mom still remember still remembers. Okay. In first grade, mm-hmm. I had a teacher. Her name was Mrs. Brady. Okay. She was awesome. She gave us pencils that had Brady's bunch written on them <laughs> because that's what her students were called. There was. A bathtub in her classroom that wasn't hooked up to any water, filled with pillows. There was a little reading nook so you could go hang out in, in the a bathtub. Bath yeah. Wow. Okay. Great. First grade was delightful. Um, I. Ooh, yeah, this might be it. <laughs> My mom was picking me up, and I asked. Mrs. Brady when she was having her child. Oh, no. And she was not pregnant. <laughs> no. <laughs> my, mom was, my mom was mortified. I'm still mortified in this moment. Um, and I don't remember her reaction. My mom does. She said she took it very well. Well, I mean, at least coming from a seven-year-old. It's true. You know, how heavy do you take something like that, right? Not very. So I guess if you had to ever have that situation, you'd want it around that age. But it is funny that you still are mortified by it at this age in your life. (laughs) It just is very, it's very embarrassing. You don't want to put somebody in that situation. (laughs) It's uh, in front of parents. Oh. It reminds me of this, um, I don't know, it's like a some sort of graphic that um, Chris showed me one time, and it had nine little pictures of a woman who you assume is pregnant, right? And it has like month one, two, three, four. And, um, you know, in each picture, her belly's getting bigger, right? And up top, it says, when do you ask a woman when she's due? And on all the months, it says, never, never, (laughs) never, never. (laughs) You just don't. And I will tell you. Since going through two pregnancies, you really just don't, especially because after you have the baby, you still look pregnant and you don't want someone asking you, oh, when are you due? Because you just went through the experience and you're like an emotional wreck. (laughs) And 
but you know, depending on how soon after could still be in pain. And you don't want to be reminded of that. (laughs) So yeah, I will say it would be a lot easier to take it from a kid who's under the age of seven. Hmm. Let's put it this way. If I saw Mrs. Brady again, I would apologize. <laughs> wow. That's, I still feel that level of um, ownership of that moment, I guess. Well, I mean, you didn't know any better. That's true. At seven, right? Like, so there's that. But I mean, I guess that's nice that you're still like, oh, poor Miss Brady. Do you think she would remember that you asked her this? Well, this is a great question. Do you bring it up and apologize or does she not even remember because she has to deal with seven-year-olds? Every day. Every day. All day, every day. Do you think you're the only seven-year-old to ever ask her that? Ooh, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Now I'm like, you need to get back in touch with (laughs) Miss Brady and have this conversation. (laughs) Oh, man, I can't believe. Well, you're only seven, but yeah, you don't ask. And I remember I remember the moment. I think that's what makes it more palatable. This is not something that my parents have said that I have no attachment to. I remember. But what do you remember most about it? It's just this. Your mom's reaction. It was this feeling that something was I said something wrong, but I wasn't sure what it was. Hmm. And so I remember my mom getting the sense of what <laughs> what that must have been like from her, like that feeling. Um, yeah. And so I think it was feeling that and then realizing something was off and not knowing what it was, but really feeling it in that moment, which I think mm. little kids feel. We feel like yeah. you, you feel the emotion even though you don't know why it happened or the context um, Mm. or how to describe it. So here you are going back to empathy. This feels like Thomas just equals empathy. (laughs) Okay. One last question because this is what we do. What would you like to be better at Mm. to be a better human being? I think be a little more persistently patient. Okay, you put two words together that don't usually go together. <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do you be persistently patient? Or maybe what situations do you need persistence, persistent Patience. I think in some friendships and work relationships, 
sometimes people take time to adapt to new things. Mm. And so I really try to, if I'm wrong about something, try to move on as quickly as possible. Like, okay, I made an error. Nope. That was bad. Okay. Let's keep going to the next thing. And I think being patient with others is helpful. And I think sometimes it takes people longer to learn and change. And there are certainly things that have taken me a long time to learn and change. So to be patient through, um, through that type of experience. Your brow is still furrowed. I'm just figuring it out. So you can often be the type of person who like learns you did something wrong or something along those lines and you just move on quickly. And so you're saying you want more patience with others who might not be as quick to move on as you are. Is that right? It's about right. Got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, patience is always a good thing to have. Especially as a pretend doctor. (laughs) Because it's the only patience that I'll have. Yep, the only one. Oh, good. All right. That is all of my questions for today. Hmm. I'm sure there will be others that come up, so maybe in a while we can do it again. But good for today. Um. Thank you (laughs) for letting me put you on the spot and being very honest and open. And, um, yeah, throwing some surprises in there. (laughs) Now I feel like we need a Dirty Dancing watch party. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm sure it will be the time of our lives. Did you want to say anything? Sure. Okay. I didn't realize that was a thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Stephanie, thank you for being... A very empathetic and patient person towards me because you are one of the people who inspires me to be better in those things that I both like about myself and want to be better in. Hmm. Hmm. Those are true words. Cool. All right. Well, See you later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.
Hello, hello. Stephanie here. Um, if you would like to, we have a Patreon page. And it'd be so cool if you went and looked at it. And if you wanted to help us just a tiny bit, we have some pretty awesome bonus things for you. So check it out. We're at patreon.com slash drawn onward. See you next time. Bye.